I'm sitting in the Hilton Hotel in Liverpool with a fascinating lady. She is an actress, a socialite, I love that bit, the socialite, <laughs> uh, a writer and passionate about what we're going to talk about. And for short, it's D. Yeah. But your real name is? Davinia. Davinia Taylor. It was Murphy. My dad's surname's Murphy, but when my mum and dad split up back in the 90s, I went back to my mum's maiden name, Taylor. So that was me kicking off. How did your dad cope with that? Oh, he says, oh, off you go. Off you go with your, <laughs> with your strike anyway. But I'm still a Murphy through and through. I've still got uh, the, the infamous Murphy temper that we've got in our family. And, of course, you were in uh, Hollyoaks. Yes, I was. Yeah. How yeah. long were you in for? Uh, let me see. I started at 17. I'm 45 now. So I started that journey that when that was Mersey TV, Phil Rebham was still there. So, yeah, I did a few, a few years there, left for the, um, the big city of London and um, spent 25 years down in London, and now I'm back up here. I did a quick stint, actually. Let me, let me, when I was 40, I went back in for a quick stint. They brought my character back in. Awful character. Jude Cunningham, con man. Oh, con woman. Awful, awful thief. But um, I've, I had a really good time there, actually, as a kid. You know, it was literally mental. Honest to God, that TV production company, the stories I could tell I would make your toes curl, but, you know, the cast, the crew, it was bonkers mm. but it was a good laugh i love going up there um especially when phil had it yeah. and what i loved was and i learned this when brookside was going yeah. phil had a great principle nobody nobody was bigger than anyone and you yeah. got slapped down if you tried to be bigger no one's and they bigger kept than it with hollyoaks which yeah. i thought was great no one's bigger than, as you can imagine you know you've got a lot of sort of egos battling um particularly in the acting industry i think actors naturally have got low self-esteem so it's always about please like me please like me so it's kind of there's a lot of hierarchy in there anyway and what phil did was no you're on a flat wage that is it that's the rule mm -hmm. and you know if you don't behave you're out and really the, the other thing was too if there's a space it'll make it a set so if there's a oh, corner, which, which I loved, because Brookside, the garage turned into a, a lounge, turned into, it, it was crazy. But I learned so much from Phil Renman. Yeah, he did utilise his space, didn't he? Did. <laughs> I think he lives in a castle now, doesn't he? I'm not too well, sure. He's definitely got I've more been, space I've, than that set. I've been to the house. It's, it's, oh, okay. a, it's a little bit big. I think he's got 36 <laughs> gardeners. Okay, right, yeah, so it's definitely larger than the set we were on, yeah. Tell me about you, before we talk about your best-selling book, before we talk about the new book, before yeah. we talk about the product, um, there's so much to talk about. Uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, she's beautiful. Oh, if I was straight, but you, well, I couldn't afford her, but if I was straight. So who are you? Okay, so um, my name's Davinia Taylor. Um, I am um, Scouse by birth, mum and dad are from Croxteth. Um, they moved out of Liverpool just before I was born. Mum was a hairdresser, my dad was a salesman. And um, we moved to Up Holland, which is just down the road, really. So I grew up there. So I'm a bit of a woolly back, really. I'm a Wiganer. And um, I was an only child and uh, had a fabulous upbringing, actually. Um, my mum and dad uh, had a huge paper company, a loo roll company, AM Paper Converters, it was in Skem. And um, they went from, well, nothing really. They were from the same housing estate in Crocky. And uh, then they employed about 400 people. And, um, yeah, so I was known as a bit of a, the bog roll princess, really, when the media got That's hold of me. That's a great title. Yeah, well, but do you know what there's something about bog roll? It's recession-proof. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Everyone needs loo rolls. So, yeah, my dad saw a gap in the market. I mean, fair to my dad, he could sell literally sand to the Arabs. 
he is it you know he's a salesman he loves he loves shifting stuff he, he, he he's still like that now so yeah i i grew up with a, a an amazing sort of working class ethic background with this amazing company that my dad and mum had set up between them i've got to stop you there and tell you my mum had a chandler shop an old-fashioned chandler shop and i always remember toilet roll went up in price and my mother went people aren't going to buy them Oh my gosh. Paper, there was a, you know, one of those problems where paper was going, they couldn't get paper. Something had happened, yeah. I remember. The went, they're not going to buy them. I went, Mum, the one thing they're going to buy is bog roll. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, actually, my dad used to have, um, before they moved out towards the Wigan Way, they used to have a shop in Walton, and he said, Whatever I have in is butter and loo roll. That is what drives everyone into this supermarket, you know? As long as I've got that in, you know, people come, they shop, you know, and that's, he is from a sort of, he is, he's a salesman and that's how he thinks like a customer. So that, that's what he does. And maybe that's where I've gone, why I've gone into manufacturing anyway. But yeah, so, um, uh, so basically what happened to me is I, uh, I, I left school, became an actress in Hollyoaks. What made you want to become an actress? I have no idea because <laughs> it is a thankless job. The competition is fierce, the pay is rubbish. And if you do make it, the press turn on you. So I have no idea. Glutton for punishments. Great description of oh, being an actor. It is brutal, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's a thankless, arduous task and you literally are people-pleasing, left, right and centre. Please like me, please like me. So in the end, I, I mean, I did give it up, you know. But um, no, I mean, I, I literally, um, I earned my stripes down at Mersey TV and uh, did a few films after that. And then I got married, actually. When I moved down to London, I married a, a Mancunian for my sins. And... Um, yeah, and that lasted seven years. I had a terrible divorce, and then I lost my mum. And then, it was only then did I sort of start looking at myself. I needed to become healthy. And it's then I began to investigate my mental health being linked with my physical health. Because I piled on the pounds when my mum passed away. She had breast cancer, you know, and, uh, she, and I must have, I think I was... Was that comfort eating? Yes, because I put down the booze. Let's see, I put down the booze quite a while before she passed away. So I've not drank for 15 years, which I'm very lucky, really. So I did my 20s drinking, as, as most of us do. But then I gave up early 30s. So I've had my 30s and 40s sober, which when I look at my friends, they're like, God, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do, you know, I, was, I can't help it. If I go out, I need a drink. So I've sort of been very lucky to have like, if I was gonna damage myself in any decade, it was me 20s, because I can rejuvenate, you know what I mean? So I know there's a problem out there for a lot of people, they find it comforting. But I, uh, well, because I put down the booze, I picked up um, the pizzas, the bread, the butties, the pies, the ice creams, the crisps, crisps, oh my God, the crisps, crisps, like kryptonites, square crisps, honestly got there, my kryptonite, and minteros. So I couldn't stop that, but I didn't realize it was affecting my mental health because no one tells you that. So I went to the doctors and he said, um, well, you know, you're borderline obese, but what do you expect? You'd have, you've had four kids, so just control your calories and do a bit more exercise. And I'm like, I can't even get out of bed without huffing and puffing. I can't be arsed. So what do you do then? I was in a gridlock. I was sluggish. I was inflamed. So my knees were swollen, my ankles were swollen. Couldn't fit my, uh, my rings on my fingers. I was like a bruise, but no one told me I was inflamed. No one told me that was inflammation. And no one told me that inflammation affects the brain and makes you feel flat. So you're not motivated. And all these people running around and jogging, I thought, oh, get out of my way, you. You know, you do, you're annoying me. So it was that sort of mentality I was stuck in. 
And what I didn't realize that I could take certain chemicals that would, would impact my brain with immediate effect. Not antidepressants, because I tried them, and they made, gave me something called adhedonia, which is like a feeling of indifference. You're not happy, you're not sad, you're just meh. And I didn't want that either. I wanted to laugh, I wanted to be excited. I wanted to get, you know, goosebumps. I wanted to, I wanted to feel encouraged by life, optimistic. And I didn't have any of that. And I didn't realize what I was putting in my body was causing this sluggish mentality. And when I started taking a deep dive into, I mean, don't get me wrong, I left school with my GCSE science. I'm no doctor, I, I don't wanna be. I wanna see what's on the fringe. I wanna see what's out there before it, it comes mainstream because I don't have time to feel beige. I'm like, I, I wanna be excited. I wanna, I, I wanna be enthused. And when I came across some of these chemicals and these nootropics, which I'll explain in a bit, I was like, why the hell is everyone not doing this? And when I started hacking into my brain, my body followed. I shredded four stone in do it. How long? We're talking a couple of months, few months. We're talking weeks here. I'm a bit heavier now because um, I've, I think I've got so much muscle, you know, on the scale. But like last week, I just ran the uh, Manchester Marathon. No problem. I'm 45 after having four kids, you know. 10 years ago, I couldn't have ran 10 steps, A, without needing a wee. Um, and, and C, with, uh, B, without just wanting to lie down. Let me stop you there. So we've got this young lady, uh, background from working class, dad just can sell anything, yeah. amazing. You got there, you had party days, you were drinking, then losing your mum, yeah. which I can relate to completely because there's not a day goes by all these years later, I don't yeah. think, or me kiss too. her picture, and she... Like, still get upset which I'm doing now yes after all these years so there was the one day you said enough is enough was the one actual moment can you look back and say yeah I was doing um I was doing a sort of I, I was in bed so the kids had gone to school I'd, I'd had Jude who's my youngest he's I've, I've got four of them so uh, I, n I number them actually number four was like next to my bed <laughs> and he was in his cot and I had to get up and go downstairs and clean the kitchen. And I just couldn't be asked. I couldn't, I didn't have the energy to do that. Never mind, go for a run. And I, I just didn't have it in me anyway. I was doing the morning, uh, the daytime TV run. I'd, okay, so it'd be like uh, breakfast news in the morning, then Lorraine, then this morning, then loose women. So that's what I was doing. And I was just caught in that. And throughout that, I was snacking. I'd have the croissants, I'd have the, uh, the toast, I'd have the cereal, then I'd have the lunch, I'd have the soup and the sandwiches. And I didn't realise all these ingredients were compounding me to just get stuck to the sofa or stuck to my bed. And I just thought, this isn't right. Anyway, I watched something, I don't know what channel it was on, and uh, someone was talking about cold water being an entry point to boost your feel-good hormones. And it takes like 15 seconds of cold water in the shower and you can change your brain chemistry. And something resonated with me because I hate cold, I hate it. We all hate it, we're just like, we are designed to, to hate it, you know. So I just thought to myself, well, let's give it a go because I, I, I don't know what else to do. I am so exhausted, I'm so sick and tired, and I'm just not arsed anymore. Anyway, so I thought, if I can't do 15 seconds in a cold shower, which involves no walking, no exercising, no buying of clothes, no doing anything, no putting makeup on or anything, there's a serious problem. So I did it. And weirdly, after I warmed up 15 minutes after that, something shifted. My self-esteem went up a little bit, enough for me to go downstairs to the kitchen and tidy it up and put the dishwasher on. That was the first step. 
and that was the first step to where I am now. Wow, yeah. that's unreal, isn't it? Because mm. you know, you get people giving up booze, you get people giving up food, you get people going on exercise, and there is always a point. That's yeah. an amazing point because it was cold water. Yeah, and it's just, I mean. The, the studies out there now are phenomenal. So what cold water does, it increases a hormone called dopamine. Dopamine's your hormone that drives you to do stuff. It makes you excited. It actually drives you to go and eat a croissant. It's that, it's that, okay, I'm going to do that. Therefore, I've got the energy to go and do something. That's what it, it, inc it increases your dope, just 15 seconds in a cold shower. And thank God we can get cold water in the UK. Bloody hell, can we? Just down the back of your spine, right, 15 seconds, you do some deep breathing, as in you breathe out more, even humming. I know it sounds woo-woo. I'm not a hippie. I don't do crystals or all that. I want solid science. This is the fastest way to hack into your hormone dopamine, which boosts by 250%, which would be similar to, say, having a glass of wine. That's a similar boost. But the thing is, with cold water, and science doesn't know why, you don't get a come down. So with a glass of wine or a bottle of wine, let's face it, you'll have a hangover. That's the come down. You right. don't get that with dopamine. Right, so we've got this cold water idea. You've had a bestseller. You've got another a book coming out. Yeah. Didn't you not look at the market, which is saturated with people like you, with ideas? We're going to talk about your ideas. Did that not scare you? No, because I didn't actually put any pressure on myself to have a number one Sunday Times bestseller. You know, I mean, that is ridiculous for me. So, but do you know what it is? I think it's because I've got, so, I don't know how I've got it, but I've got somehow got this capability of listening to a scientist and turning it into layman's terms. So Jackie down the road goes, yeah, I can do that on the school run. I can do that. If I make it, because I'm a mum of four and I do have spinning plates and I do have exes to deal with and I do still have legal letters and I do have stresses and I, I am late for the school run and I do have to make packed lunches and I do have to get those stupid outfits ready for World Book Day. Oh my God, thank God for Rashford because all my lads went off in a United kit because I forgot. Do you know what I mean? I still have those. Whereas you get your Gwyneth Paltrow's, you've got an army of staff who are buying for them. They've got endless cash. They've got all sorts of chefs and they've got personal trainers and it's just, oh, sod off. Sod off, Gwyneth. You know, that's not going to work. And it makes it really unob unobtainable. Whereas what I've got in both my books are simple hacks for the middle-aged mum who's sick of it. And that's why it sells. How did you um, construct the book? I mean, how did you know? Because it's not a thick book. No. And, you know, I mean, I did a, a, an autobiography and I know about how many how many letters you're supposed to have, how many words you're supposed to have, etc. Was it difficult to leave stuff out and put the book yes, together? It, yeah, it was actually, um, because I, I've never written a book before. And actually, it's kind of interesting because I've got ADHD and I only got diagnosed with that. Which I have. Great. And a lot of creatives <laughs> do have, and it's strange, actually, that we all, and we all generally gel together. It's a funny little click, isn't it? <laughs> but um, that's, what, that's what brings me on to my second book, why I wrote that one. But going back to my first book... Um, a publisher approached me because I was talking about one of her other authors on my Instagram page and because I translated it in such a layman's terms way, they sold out of that book and she went, oh my God, you, you, you understand your stuff, don't you? I, you explained it to me and I'm the publisher much better than I could have done myself. She said, do you fancy writing a book? I said, damn right, I want to find something. I, write, I want to write a book. I said, but listen, I am scatterbrained. I'm going to literally turn up on your desk with tons of A4 pieces of paper all over the place. Just like my coursework at school, it's all over the place. But if you can put it together, 
we've got a book and it worked. So I, for me, it's teamwork. I can't possibly sit down and type, type, type away in like for two hours a day. It doesn't yeah. work like that. So I'm all over the place, constant mismatch of stuff. But it, I pulled it together in a way that is chap, symptom by symptom, chapter by chapter. And at the end, there's a two week reset. Before we talk about the construction of the book, tell me how you felt when somebody put the first book in your hand. Well, I thought it's very strange because I kind of disassociate myself. I go, ooh, that feels like scary. That's a bit of real. And I'll generally go, hmm, that's probably not happening to me. And I don't know why. I, don't, I, I get excited before it happens. And then when it happens, I go, I sort of like flatline and I freeze. I'm like a rabbit in, yeah, a rabbit in the headlights. I freeze. So I don't, I find it hard to celebrate just in case it'll all end. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, kind of like a very strange self-preservation yeah. thing. But to actually put the book in your hand. It's very weird. I mean, the funny thing is, I've, that, that, that was the number one bestseller. And like tens of thousands of people have read, it, have read it. But my dad has had seven copies and he's still not read it. And I'm like, will you, any chance I've put it in my Uncle Eddie's hands as well? And I keep bringing him up, Eddie, have you read that? Just, well, do you know what, girl? I'm just halfway through the first chat. I'm like, oh, give up. Honest to God, it's so funny. But why Why hasn't he read the book? I don't know. I, I just, I've no idea. Um, I might have to, have to send him my own. it's a nervous thing. May, maybe. Maybe because I think he thinks I'm going to tell him he's got to stop drinking wine and eating bread. I don't know, which you don't have to do, by the way. I just need to lay that out completely. You do not have to give up bread because I have bread at night, which is often... So you don't sit at the dinner table and try to convert everybody. You you sell the idea, but you don't... Are you for, Or are you forceful? No, I, people generally come up to me and say, um, what do you think about this? And I go, actually, you want to... I mean, the biggest shocker for everyone is when I tell them... Sugar, obviously sugar's bad, spikes your insulin, causes uh, type two diabetes and all the knock-on effects from that, causes brain fog, low mood, et cetera, causes weight gain. However, the biggest one for me that people go, you are, is when I tell them to take out sunflower oil and rapeseed oil. That is a massive trigger for addictive eating and it's everywhere. The thing is with that is people have just been bombarded with uh, polyunsaturated fats being heart healthy and they're absolutely not. In fact, the American Heart Association, which is where the rest of the world gets all the guidelines from, has got a section in there, the most recent guidelines saying that dietary cholesterol is no longer a molecule of concern for overconsumption. However, we've not done any press on it. So doctors are still saying eat polyunsaturated fats, which would you believe started off in the agricultural industry as detergent to clean farmyard machinery. Very nice. Very nice. So the pink stuff, you, have, you know, the stain yeah. remover, that's made of veg oil. And that's what we've got in everything. And it makes things taste and feel nice in your mouth. But also what it does, because it's a detergent, it strips your gut, which starts in your mouth. It strips your gut of mucus. And in that mucus, you've got little hormone receptors that send a message to your brain saying, listen, Listen, Dee, we've had enough food, stop eating. So when you don't have that signal, you'll carry on eating more. So look at Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop. It's because of the veg oil. Wow. I know. The book, it's not a diet. Which it's not a diet, because it's, I count chemicals, yeah. not calories. I have a lot of calories in my diet, but the, the way calories are, are metabolised are different, and how your brain mm. responds is fascinating. That's, say, say that again, because that's a really interesting statement. You don't count, no, I don't count calories. No, I don't count calories. I just count chemicals. So there's certain chemicals, like say sucralose, that wrecks your gut. So basically, let's roll it back. 
Your gut is connected to your brain via the gut-brain axis. If you hear bad news, you get the sinking feeling in your gut. That's that sort of like that feeling of dread, that's there. Another thing that's made there is serotonin, which is your happy hormone, your safe hormone. So if you look after what's going on in your gut, you're gonna feel safe, happy, and make better decisions because you're not in a place of fear. So, and the thing is with things like veg oils, the thing is with sucralose, it wrecks the gut microbiome. So you're not gonna make those feel happy serotonin molecules that go up to your brain and make good, you know what, I'm having a good day today. That's what I wanna target. So you can have tons of calories, so butter's good for you. Butter's got vitamin D in it, it's got vitamin K in it, got vitamin A in it. That is good for you, that's a good fat that your body recognizes. These polyunsaturated, these fake sugars, your body doesn't recognize it. It causes a dysbiosis and it will stop you manufacturing your happy hormones. Tell me, um, people listening now to my podcast, Pete Price with D Taylor, um, this book, It's Not a Diet. What do you want people who have read it when they put it down, what do you want them to say? Wow, I feel mentally in control now. I feel optimistic. I feel energized, I'm sleeping better, I'm walking better. You know, I feel enthused by life again. I've put the vavavoom back into your life. No matter where you are, what you're doing, because we are literally brainwashed by these Bliss Point foods. Because you know, like most foods, I think there's about five big companies who own all the food brands, like Coca-Cola, Mars Company, Unilever, just the big hitters, you know? And even if it's health foods you're buying, if you think you're buying muesli and stuff, it's gonna be washed in these veg oils because the bottom line is it's about profit. They are making profit. So when you come back away from the meat and two veg that your gran used to make, you're already you're buying into that business model, the Kellogg's model, you know, eat little and often. Of course, eat little and often. You're lining their pockets, you know, you're literally facilitating the CEOs to be on a private jet because they are eat, you're eating highly processed foods that is generally made out of grains and these veg oils, which are addictive, the sugar spiking, and they're gonna make you want more. It's a brilliant business model, but it's detrimental to our mental no. health. So I want people to feel back in control that they don't have to overeat and feel like they need more. Is it an easy read or is it yes, technically? I, no, I've put it into my voice, it's me. I mean, I am no wordsmith. There's a bit of swearing in there as well. I'm sorry, Good. Pete, but I can't Good. help it. I'm a foul Nobody mouth swears, thing. Nobody swears. <laughs> Potty mouth. So it's an easy book. Dead read. easy. Dead easy. And yeah, the, the second book actually goes on symptoms like where's this rage coming from? So, Let's talk about that in a oh, sec. Yeah. Why do you think that this became a bestseller? Because of the easy read and because of the aha moments. I mean, I speak to people who go, it's changed my life. It's changed how people I buy. People who spoke yeah. to you. It's changed my life. It's changed how I shop. I don't shop as much, I don't buy as much junk because we don't crave it in the house anymore. It's not like you've got to have X, Y and Z in the house, you know. And it's actually putting the control back into us because we are compulsive people and we do go on habit. And I've managed to give people the pause button, particularly with this stuff like I've got. I've got a company now on the back of this book called Will Powders. Just going to ask you about Will yeah. Powders. A beautiful box of goodies. Tell me about some of them and... Okay, so what I was finding is, because I'm an addict by nature, you know, I, I couldn't stop drinking at all. That was like proper alcoholic behavior. So when I put that down, I, instead of having that, I had other foods, I had junk food basically. Like it or not, it was junk food. Cereal is junk food. It, I just wanted those carbohydrates. And I couldn't stop that. 
So what I was being told is, come on, you need more willpower. Come on, pull yourself together. You've just got to say no. But if your brain is chemically dependent mm -hmm. on these foods, you've not got a cat in house chance. You're always going to white knuckle, white knuckle for a week. And when you hit Friday night, you go, oh, it's a Chinese takeaway. Oh, come on, let's have a Chinese. Let's go for it. Let's treat ourselves. That's what I wanted to get ahead of. So my company sells things that gets ahead of the craving. So you don't have that craving in the first place so therefore it's not painful you don't white knuckle you just don't want it you don't even think about it you're just doing something else that's more interesting you're just doing something else maybe even with the kids the grandkids whatever you're doing you're just not constantly seeking 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 food so how many products are there in uh, willpower okay so we have got we've got a good one actually because you know i'm not a drinker anymore but i do sympathize with the drinkers we've got a great product called rise and shine that facilitates um because all toxins go through the liver alcohol, junk food, whatever. So I've got a product called Rise and Shine and it's got three capsules and you take it before a night out or even before a takeaway because of that, that liver brain connection is real. You know, when you have a hangover, that's your liver, you know, feeling knackered, overworking. So you feel hungover, you've got a depression and everything. So that happens with Chinese takeaways or Indian takeaways as well. So I have that if I have a bit of an, an indulgence because nothing is nothing is out of bounds for me you know it's going to happen you know we live in the 21st century we're bombarded with marketing of course at some times of the month i'm going to go do you know what sod it i'm having a chinese let's go so i'll have rise and shine with that people having head nights they always they buy it in bulk loads they want you know they want they want to have a night out have a few drinks get smashed and feel okay the next morning without the beer fear that's what that is. That's protecting the liver. So one before, one, one before, in the middle, and one next day. Yeah, and some people forget the middle one, so they just take them all together. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, of course you smashed. I didn't think this through, you know. But um, we get great feedback. It, a lot of them are Hindus, you know. They, the sales spike when it's yeah. hen, hen, Hindu season. And have you worked with a, a, a chemist? Yeah. To, to, uh, yeah, we have. Um, yeah, we have, I mean, like I said, I'm not a doctor and I don't want to be. Um, so yeah, of course we work, we work with several doctors actually who are kind of more at the forefront of the functional well-being. Um, I've, the book I've just written is with a doctor called Dr. E. He's uh, an NHS doctor as well as a functional doctor. So he's quite rare to have someone who's in both, yeah. both camps, do you know what I mean? So he often puts preventative health in place. That's what this is. So I prevent the craving in the first place. My hero product is our keto powder which as the name implies it's got a ketogenic um, element to it ketogenic is when your brain and body is using fat as a fuel not sugar so ketones are made when the body has run out of sugar and the brain ramps it up an octave and starts burning body fat as a fuel source which increases focus increases sort of like cognition and it'll stop you craving sugar because the body's tapped into the fat fuel source. It's brilliant. And you're the brain, when you, sit, when you see a CT scan, you see the brain light up when you've got ketones. So we've got this keto powder. It's just like coffee, mate. Tastes like coffee, mate. And you put it into your tea and your coffee in the morning and instantly you're going to get ahead of that craving for carbs, your Weetabix, your whatever it is, or even your croissant on the way to work. It gives you that brain fuel to stop you seeking sugar. Because we are, we've all been raised on sugar. We've all been raised on cereal. We've all been raised on toast. My kids have bacon and eggs in the morning. They don't have cereal because it causes brain fog. When you come down off that sugar spike, you get brain fog. I don't want my kids to have that. I want them to have protein ticking around the body. 
While we're talking about uh, willpower, tell yeah. us your uh, take on collagen because I've got love a it. big thing about collagen. Love it, love it, love it. So that's another one of our hero products. And we sell bovine collagen. Um, there's a lot of collagen out there like marine collagen, but when you get down to peptide size, these are tiny, tiny molecules. It doesn't matter where you get it from. You want to have it so it's a peptide size so your body can assimilate it very efficiently and that starts in the gut and bovine collagen has been proven to be most effective within the gut it'll heal the gut most of us have bloating most of us have you know uh, sort of like we get brain fog after we've eaten because of our guts probably got leaky gut this will really help that most disease starts in the gut and like i said earlier good mood starts in the gut. If you want to feel happy, you look after your gut. That's what you've got to do. So with the collagen, we've not got any flavor in it. And you can literally put that in your tea and your coffee. Every day I put a tablespoon in. I just ran a marathon the other week. I'm fine. I've no stiffness or anything like that. I mean, you know, it's, and I tell you what, the Manchester Marathon, who knew that Didsbury was like part of the Himalayas? I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, who put a mountain here? But I was fine at the end of it. I had a day of stiffness and that was it. And at 45, you generally think you should be aches and pains. I lost a toenail, but that's not the fault of the collagen. But the collagen literally goes in all my drinks and my kids' drinks. Because our kids, this generation that are coming through now, they are bombarded with really inflammatory ingredients. Even the plant-based movement, you just look at the list of the ingredients, it's a chemical shitstorm. How can they find out more about Willpower? Okay, so Willpowders is a dead easy website. It's www.willpowders.com because it's all powders and it'll give you the willpower you need to make 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 dietary choices that you want to do and you're not fighting yourself and you don't feel like a failure because you've put MCTs and collagen in your drink. It's going to give you some power. I'm talking to Dee, bestseller book. Um, it's not a diet. Second book's Hacking on its hormones. way. On right. its way. Now, so, yes. first of all, are you nervous about a new book? Because you've had a bestseller. Yeah, and this is what I mean. You think, oh no, what happens if no one likes it? But to be honest, I'm so self-critical anyway. I think that's the nature of the beast and that's like most actors are anyway. They're like, oh no, I can't listen to myself. I just recorded the audio of it. And I'm like, why have I got like my mum's telephone voice on for like eight hours? It's awful. But um, yeah, it is what it is. But I think it's, again, it's a really useful book. The reason why I wrote that is because um, one of my sons... The school rang me up and said, you know, I think we need to get him tested for ADHD. And as I'm ticking through the list, I'm going, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's me. me." And lo and behold, it's to do with low dopamine. So that's why often, probably because why I drank as well, because I've no trauma in my life. I mean, my my mum was alive when I I gave up the booze. There was nothing dramatic to pinpoint on on me wanting to block anything out. I was drinking wine for the dopamine. That's why I, I'm a bit of a risk taker. That's why I do what I do. I'm always seeking dopamine on a subconscious level. Like uh, you get people doing bungee jumps. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to invest all my money in a company and write a book. But yes, but that, that is part of me. So I wanted to do a really concise, easy to read book on each of the hormones that affect your husband, your kids, you and it's not just about the menopause which is the market saturated with it it's about everything like ghrelin why does that why does that ghrelin ghrelin is your hunger hormone why does that come up at certain times like insomnia what's that about how do you hack into your melatonin hormone which is your sleep hormone so all that's in there it's not just about because everyone always thinks oh god you're going to talk about the menopause no i'm talking about how to get to sleep how to stay awake at the right time and how to choose the right food and how to feel energized and positive and feel cozy when you want to 
that's what I'm doing. And that's, that, that is, I think, really important for man, woman and child to know that your hormones can make you happy, they can make you sad, they can bring you joy, they can make you giggle. These are really powerful, positive things that What's we can do. What's the book called? Hack Your Hormones. Hack Your Hormones. Hack Your Hormones. Yeah. And I've got a podcast as well called Hack Your Health. And it's, a, it's been really interesting because I reach out to all these experts from all over the world who are just out there, putting it out there. The stuff that you don't get, that are tricky, that it's not ready for the NHS yet. The NHS is too big and I want action now. Yeah. I want to feel good in 15 minutes, not 15 years. Do you know tell what I mean? Me, tell me about sex. Yes. Um, have you or are you thinking of maybe a book or is there a lot of this which will help with sex? Well, as in libido. As in, yeah, as okay, all the problems so, people yeah, have. Yeah, well, to be honest, that is it's all... a minefield, sex it, is it, a minefield. It is a minefield, and it is obviously associated with a certain age. So often men's test... Because what's interesting, men's testosterone levels now, so at 35, is considered normal to what two, a generation ago would be 75. So our <coughs> normal parameters are really shifting so all of a sudden, it seems like men in their 20s and 30s are hitting the andropause, as in the male menopause. And with that comes all sorts of problems like belly fat, low libido, low mood, brain fog. And also men as well are seeming to have a, too much estrogen toxicity, which is giving them man boobs. Now, estrogen toxicity, uh, estrogen is considered the female hormone, but we all have it. And it's actually these xanoestrogens that, this sounds woo-woo, but it's not. Xanoestrogens that you get in plastic wrappers seep into your food and disrupt your hormone system, your endocrine system, which is causing these abnormal reactions in your average bloke. You know, the weight gain, the hips, the boobs, the low mood, the lack of sex drive. And those two together, the lack of testosterone and the, and the estrogen, is a real problem. So you can have, I've, I'm gonna bring out, I, I mentioned it in my book as well, I'm bringing out um, a range of hormone precursors that you can detox estrogen. There's a really cool ingredient called DIM and calcium deglucurate because it gets stuck in the liver and then it gets stuck in the gut. You should be pooing out estrogen, get rid of it down the loo. And if you don't, it reabsorbs and swirls around your body and becomes toxic. And that's happening to men and women which talk, is fascinating. Talking the way you talk, and with the book being the bestseller and the new book coming out, do you get challenged at all? Do, do anybody say, you're mad? Yes, all the time. But I've been called mad most of my life, so I'm happy with that. And, you know, people who are slightly out there and risky and obviously ADHD take risks, and it kind of like water off a duck's back. Mm -hmm. I'm a bit like Teflon, which you shouldn't be using while you're cooking, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but, I've, got, um, I've got to ask, how did you and the, the, your family cope through the pandemic? Well, that's interesting actually. We, um, I was living in London at the time and uh, we have a villa in Spain and um, we rent that out. That's our, our business model, you know. And I said to Matthew, my other half, I said, I've watched too many disaster movies. I know what's gonna happen. Spain are just gonna take it all off us. And we were only renting in London. You can't bloody afford London, can you? So we were renting in London. I said, let's just get out the UK and let's go to Spain and hunker down there and just make sure we we keep our asset because I don't, I've got a feeling something bad's yeah. gonna happen. 
So we got the last flight out. The rest that we landed. So you were a, in Spain. Yeah, we went. Because they, they were strict. They were strict. They were strict. They were strict. No, they were so strict. Yeah. But what did I do? Even with dog walking. Well, this is it. So anyway, we got two dogs, two puppies. So Matthew's got a friend over there. He's um, he does like gardening work and everything, and he, and he, he loves these pedencos, the hunting dogs, Spanish hunting dogs, and often the Spanish abuse them. You know. Anyway, these these two little puppies came down for three weeks. Well. I said, no, no, we're not having dogs, we're not having dogs, but they're good, they're good to have around the house. We've got the boys here, they're bored, we don't know what we're doing. And it was actually raining when there was a heat wave here, it was raining over there. Anyway, we had these puppies. Now guess where the puppies live? They live with me in Lancashire now. I fell in love with these dogs and I would not be without them. So we not only, we did our house up in, with a villa up there, we did that up, we did a massive big facelift on it. And then we... I said, I can't go back to London, Matthew. I can't do that. We've got the dogs. I want the boys. I saw the boys playing outside. We didn't have a garden in London. They were playing football every morning, you know, getting fresh air and light, even though it was raining. I said, should we go home? Because he's from Oldham. I said, should we go back to Lancashire? So after 25 years living in the smoke, I went, let's go home. And I wanted the lads to be northern, really. <laughs> I wanted them yeah. to have that sense of humour, which they do, you know, and the, the self-deprecating eye roll that us northerners have. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we relocated back to Lancashire. Tell me, why do you think you have got such a big following on Instagram? Because I'm, I think because, A, I put it into layman's terms, and B, I'm unaffiliated. So I, you can't pay me to sell products. I've got my own products on a separate webpage, but if you send me something... I'll say if it's good or bad, and I will give an honest opinion. So I'm probably one of the only influencers, really, um, who aren't affiliated and don't have deals and hashtag ads. That's why. And also, I've got a cracker's life, and I'm constantly chasing across the Lancashire fields looking for dogs because they get out all the time. Or I'm screaming and shouting at the kids because I've got a teen and a tween and two lads who are just constantly in headlocks with each other and everyone's a melt and all this sort of behaviour. So, yeah. So I think I try and keep it as uh, as accessible as possible. And, you know, ultimately, I'm nosy. I love seeing people's real life and having a nose. That's what I'm like. So I'm sure other people do as well. I've got to ask because we've got to finish shortly and we've got to do this again because yes. there's too much to talk about. Too much to talk about. How come you have such beautiful skin? Is it because of what you preach? Right, yes. So I take the collagen anyway. The collagen's great. That will make you pop. Because I've not, I've, I've had fillers in before, but I took them all out. I look stupid. So I've not had fillers in for about eight years. So I took them all out. Not that I'm, I'm bothered by it. I just look stupid. I look wide. So I just have the collagen. But also, did you know that sugar gives you wrinkles? Wow. Yes, it Because you haven't got a line on your face. Well, I've got a few, but no, I, mean, I, well, I laugh a see. lot. I put my glasses on twice and I can't see any. Oh, thank you. Yeah, but laugh lines, those lines to, to me are, are, are your personality. Yeah. I hate when actresses have, and actors have their face know, changed. I know. That's their job. I know. I, I, I can't, can't see the logic act, No, you can't act with a frozen make face. Any sense. No, I know exactly but, what you so mean. So collagen has helped you enormously. Collagen and not having as many carbohydrates, which, by the way, carbohydrates, as soon as you uh, put it in your mouth, the, there's an enzyme in your saliva that turns it into glucose. So if you're even if you're having whole grain bread, it's just glucose. So just be aware of that. And that spikes spikes your insulin, and as it drops down, your skin will wrinkle. That's what that is. I don't use SPF. I go out in the sun all the time as much as I can. I don't wear sunglasses, so I don't burn. There's all these little tricks of the trade that I do. And ultimately, yeah, I've got a very heavy meat collagen-based diet. The um I'm not often stuck for words because I, as you noticed, I never use a script. No. I, I go on a journey with you. 
What do you want people to take from the new book? The new book, I want to have... So, as I said, I wrote it with an NHS doctor, right? So, at the end of each chapter, so, like... Um, one chapter's like, um, why can't I stop eating, yeah? At the end of that chapter, he's done a section as how to, what words to say to your doctor if you manage to get an appointment to maximise the efficiency of that appointment, to say, this hormone's out of whack, this hormone's out of whack, can you help me with this? So I'm trying to give people the tools to maximise what we have the NHS. Let's use it efficiently and uh, effectively as possible. So that's what I've done. So I've, I've managed to, I want people to have the vocabulary to explain how they're feeling and why and just lift the bonnet up to see what's really going on. Because most, most moods, most, over, most weight issues, most insomnia issues are caused by hormonal imbalances. And it's having that vocabulary to just get to the bottom of it and treat it. Dee, what do you kids think about you? I'm a maniac and I should be quiet. <laughs> I drive them mad. No, I mean, it's normal for them. So I did the Manchester Marathon the other week and Jude, who's number four, Matthew, my partner, lifted him over the side and he ran the last 500 metres with me. So I'm hoping just by osmosis, it just seeps into them seamlessly that they run they enjoy and they eat well because i am worried about this generation's mental health those phones the dopamine that they're accessing there is very dangerous that's another program it's another program altogether another so program. i'm trying to i'm trying yeah. to hack into their brain chemistry now yeah. and give them the artillery and the ammunition that they need in their kitchen cupboards when they're in their 20s yeah. to just to, to know what to do because i didn't know what to do i didn't know i was sick and tired i just thought i was fat d what was the best-selling book called? My best-selling book, number one Sunday Times that my dad's still not read, is It's Not a Diet. And my next book, which I think you're really going to enjoy, is called Hack Your Hormones. And it's available on Amazon, um, WH Smith, the whole shebang. And the product? The product is www.willpowders.com. And where can they find you on social media? At Davinia Taylor, D-A-V-I-N-I-A Taylor. We've got to do this again. We have... We have. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Why not subscribe? You know it's free. So join us and tell your friends. It's great going on walks and doing whatever you want to do and then putting P Price on. We've got a back catalogue of over 100 interviews. Join us. Subscribe. It's free.